Welcome to Rob's Reliability Project, a podcast for maintenance and reliability people to better themselves both at home and at work. Now let's get rolling. Welcome back to Rob's Reliability Project. I'm Rob Kalvaroski. On this week's episode, I welcome Calvin Williams back to the show. We discuss how WTI boosted their productivity by 97% in 12 weeks using the Improver technology software as well as continuous improvement. If you haven't yet, check out my website, robsreliability.com and sign up for the weekly reliability newsletter with some bonus content as well as follow Rob's Reliability Project on LinkedIn for a daily meme that you won't find anywhere else. If you like the show, I would really appreciate it if you told your friends and colleagues about it. We've been growing steadily over the last 18 months or so, and I really appreciate that to keep spreading that word of reliability. Lastly, if there are any topics, guests you'd like to hear from, questions you want answered, or if you'd like to appear on the podcast, send me an email to robsreliabilityproject at gmail.com. And now a message from Upkeep. Do you want a better reliability program? Do you want better data quality in your CMMS? Well, having frustrated and overworked shop floor people isn't the way to get that great reliability program. Often we make our mechanics, millwrights, and operators do paper rounds and then transcribe that information into a desktop CMMS. This causes more frustration and will likely lose data quality in that process. So why don't we try something different? Upkeep maintenance management is different. It's a mobile first CMMS that takes the work out of work orders with its easy to use mobile application. With a snap of a picture and just a few keystrokes on your mobile device, you can update work orders in a matter of seconds. Upkeep is a mobile first CMMS designed to be easy for your maintenance personnel. So easy, it was voted number one for ease of use by maintenance teams. Rob's Reliability Project has partnered with Upkeep to not only give you a great mobile first CMMS, but also if you purchase an annual subscription, you get one month free and a bonus one hour free coaching call with me. Make your reliability program better and make your text lives easier by going to robsreliability.com upkeep and sign up today. Hey guys, we're back and again, a special guest this week, one of my favorite guests, Calvin Williams. <laughs> Calvin, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, Rob. You're too generous, but certainly uh, certainly glad to be here with you today. No, I I appreciate that and I, I really enjoy having you on the show because, you know, I think last time we ended up talking about, we definitely talked a little bit about the Super Bowl and some other stuff, so we, we always have some fun talking to each other. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I agree. Uh, you, you certainly have a way of uh, keeping the conversation interesting, to say the least. <laughs> so for everyone listening, you know, this is Calvin's third time on the show. So if you haven't listened to the first two, I definitely recommend you check those out. We talk a little bit about continuous improvement, communication, leadership, a bit, a bit, a bit about a lot of different topics. And Calvin, he's the founder of Improver Technologies. I-M-P-R-U-V-E-R, so not the regular way of spelling improver, but they put the U in improvement, so it's a fun <laughs> slogan. <laughs> I like the way you said that. That's, uh, that's, <laughs> that's, about as, that's about as well or better than I say it myself, so very good. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, and, and also Calvin, he's the host of the Improver podcast, and he created or he is the creator of the continuous improvement tip of the day. So I haven't seen those two lately. So maybe you've been too busy or maybe my LinkedIn feed's messing up or something. Yeah, yeah. It might be a combination. Um, no, <laughs> no I, can't, I guess I can't blame your LinkedIn feed. Uh, was, uh, I, got in, I got engaged on a, a, a consuming project a while back and, and kind of got out of the habit. But uh, I'm thinking about coming back, maybe changing form a little bit. 
something happened with LinkedIn where um, the the tips of the day just wasn't getting as much engagement. So um, I started messing around with some different formats. So I got I guess I got to figure out what works for the new new LinkedIn. And some changed probably three or four months ago, and I haven't figured it out quite yet. We we can talk a little bit about that off mic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you, I, I assume you you experienced something similar. Well, I'm do, I'm doing well on LinkedIn at this point. <laughs> oh, good. Okay, great. Yeah, maybe uh maybe you guys you know I can pick your brain a little bit on that. Absolutely, absolutely. So one thing I wanted to have you on. So I saw that you posted some pictures of you guys grilling some steaks with <laughs> WTI. Because you lost a bet. So, can you, well, first thing I want to say is, how do I get some free steak from Calvin? <laughs> well, and the second thing is, tell us the story. Well, um, on the free steak piece, all you got to do is implement Improver and, uh, and increase productivity by 40%. That's my challenge to you and anybody else out there who's listening who wants some free ribeyes. I will come grill them myself and trust me i marinate them overnight in honey teriyaki marinade uh and they are delicious okay so it sounds good to me yeah yeah so i actually didn't lose a bet it was uh i issued a challenge i challenged wti to increase productivity by 40 percent within our 12-week engagement right the team was was already engaged i probably didn't need to do it but um, I thought I might make it a little fun, you know, just to have some more fun with the group. I just really enjoy spending time with them anyway. So uh, plus I love steaks. I love ribeyes. Um, that's a whole other <laughs> story that we're going we're gonna to have to talk about <laughs> a little bit later. But yeah, so they uh, they stepped up to the challenge. And even though, you know, at the beginning, you know, when we set up the pilot with the company, we said, hey, we're going to help you increase productivity by 20 percent. Getting into the pilot, I realized 20 percent for these guys probably wasn't enough of a challenge. So I said, all right, if you guys do 40, I'm going to do better than just, you know, uh, pat on the back. Thanks for the pilot. I'm going to actually grill ribeyes. By the end of it, by the end of 12 weeks, we went in and we did the analysis. You know, how much more productive did they become? From an OEE standpoint, they increased by about 36%. From a units out the door standpoint, these guys increased productivity by 97%. Incredible. As a, as a continuous improvement industrial engineer uh, person, I've never seen that accomplished unless you're going in and over, overhauling the entire, you know, uh, equipment uh, process from A to Z. Right. I've seen seen pretty good jumps in productivity using an, an entire overhaul. But this was done with zero capital expenditure. And these guys pretty much doubled output. They went from fifteen hundred bags a week to 3,000 bags a week with zero capital expenditure. It was pretty incredible. That's a that's a crazy result. Now, can you give us a little background on WTI? Like, what do they manufacture? Where are they located? Just a little bit about them. Yeah, WTI, they, they to put it simple, they, they, they manufacture a dry, wet and dry food preservatives. So they make the ingredients that goes into... Uh, mostly, I think mostly meat products, um, chicken, beef, pork, that kind of thing. And uh, their ingredient, it's a natural, all natural ingredient that extends shelf life. So uh, you see the product on the shelf at Walmart, Target, uh, et cetera. Um, I think they can extend the shelf life by a pretty significant amount um, just by adding this ingredient during the manufacturing process of those meat products. So it's a pretty innovative, uh, innovative you know, food product that they make. Um, I could definitely see the market need for it. And yeah, they, they're in a position where they're trying to grow by three X in five years. And uh, they were running up against some production bottlenecks pretty much. And uh, just needed to, to make some changes to, so that they can produce as much as they could sell. Um, and, and now they're, they're able to produce a lot more than they expected by this time. And now it's putting pressure on their sales process to sell more <laughs> faster. Yeah. And I mean, I, I guess I was, you know, like you said, you, you essentially doubled their production within 12 weeks, which is very quickly. Like, were they a disaster beforehand or what was kind of like, what, what did they look like? They were not a disaster. In fact, they had been on a lean journey for about two years prior to us coming in. So, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, they, 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 they had a lot of opportunity for improvement. They still have, 
you know, some pretty good opportunity for improvement. What changed, though, was the way they measured productivity. I would say that's the single greatest thing. Uh, the way they were looking at, and this is a funny story, is my first day there, I was walking the shop floor and I happened to, you know, the, per- the president was on site that day and he came out and saw, met with us briefly while, while we were walking the shop floor. And uh, we were saying, yeah, we're thinking about doing this thing in our dry blending area, uh, manufacturing area, the, the pilot with improver in the, in the dry blending area. And uh, the president spoke up and said, yeah, you know, this area is actually running pretty well for, you know, given given the circumstances. I don't know if you're going to get much more out of this area. Right. We're at you know 90 percent efficiency and uh, there's just not much more to be to be gained. Uh, and, and, you know, me looking at looking at the floor, looking at the circumstance and, you know, I've, I've seen enough manufacturing operations where I know, yeah, I can kind of see what's going on and I can see where some opportunity for improvement. I say, all right, well, we'll we'll go through the process anyway and we'll see what happens. Right. By the time we a month later, by the time we develop the baseline and, and there's an interesting story, a really interesting story that happens within that first month. But by the time we develop the baseline, we realized that they there was probably 60 or 70 percent opportunity that they were not even didn't even have visibility to. So uh, the way they were looking at it is. You know, it was a batch manufacturing process and then they packaged off those batches. Uh, they were looking at how much time it takes from the point they start a batch to the point they finish a batch. You know, it should take about an hour per batch, roughly. And they were taking just over an hour. So they were looking at, you know, 90 percent efficiencies. What Improver did was said, all right, instead of just looking at how quickly you do a batch or how efficiently you how efficient, how efficiently you do a batch, Let's look at how efficiently you use your entire time, the whole 24 hours a day. Right. And what it exposed was just a ton of time um, being consumed in between batches and even, you know, entire days doing cleaning and things like that, that you had a whole staff on the clock consuming costs, essentially uh, full operating costs from a labor utilization standpoint but was was putting out zero product um, for probably 60 percent of the time. And once they once they started to realize that. Then they started uh, right away saying, OK, how much money is this? And it, even even in an improver, you can calculate quickly how much money it's costing you to be inefficiency, uh, how much inefficiency is costing you. Um, right away, they started shopping. Broke out the checkbook. Say, oh, we need some new equipment. We need some new stuff. We need uh, we're going to change out a lot of stuff in here to 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 claim some of those losses. Um, it was a challenge, you know, especially you know, director of manufacturer, uh, uh, director of manufacturing. Um, you know, he did what just about any other leader would do once they realize they have so much opportunity to save costs. Uh, he, he wanted to run out and solve the problem himself. He's like, oh, yeah, there's just so much opportunity here. It's crazy. Uh, it was a challenge getting him to dial back a little bit and say, all right, yeah, that's there. Calm down. Put the put the checkbook back in the pocket. Let's actually engage your team and let them go through the process of solving the problems. This, you know, it, it was hard for me to convince him that it wasn't his problem to solve. It was actually the uh, the, the the folks on the shop floor, the folks working on the value stream, it's their problem to solve. And in fact, going through the journey of teaching them to solve problems and letting them solve the problem and letting them have those wins is a much better story. And, and you end up in a much better place than if he was just around and buy a new piece of equipment and stick it in there himself. So uh, that's the that's the journey we ended up going on. And I, I still think there's you know some room for looking at and purchasing new equipment in the process. But yeah, the 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 engagement that was developed with his team, um, this is something unique to Improver. It cascades, obviously, you know, it cascades strategy from the top, but it cascades metrics and performance from the value stream from the bottom up. So every individual in a company has a metric that they own that they themselves are working to improve. Right. You think uh, most metrics are at the system level and. Uh, because they're not tied to people, it's easy for people to say, you know what, those people over there are the problem. And it's not me. Well, an improver, each individual has their own metric. They also have their own challenge to overcome. You know, I'm trying to get from 60 to 75. I own that. I carry that. 
what is it that I need to do to to close that gap? So uh, gets everybody practicing what I call Kata or Toyota Kata. Gets everybody practicing Katas or um, improvement reps in order to close the gap between current and target condition. Every single individual in the company, not just the manufacturing people, but everybody. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Can you tell us a little bit more about the PDCA software, like Improver software? Yeah. Like, yeah. Let's like, what is it? What exactly does it do? So when you think about Improver, you think about manufacturing 4.0 or Industry 4.0. Industry 4.0 talks a lot about you know machine learning and uh, AI and IIoT and IoT and you know a lot of those things. And, and essentially, the way the world thinks about those things is that the, mach- the, the, the machine, the computer is going to be telling me more than I knew before, right, uh, through various means, which is, which is great, right? I think there's a ton, ton, ton of opportunity to develop further into those spaces. Improver does tell you more than you knew before. I mean, it's doing analytics. It's taking data from places that you did, were not taking data from before and showing you that information. But what it's doing is, is it, there's a methodology, right? It, it's the continuous improvement methodology. It's PDCA, the one developed by the grandfather of continuous improvement, uh, W. Edward Deming, right? Um, this is the process that is essentially the, the parent or the father of, of lean and TPM and uh, probably RCM. I'm not 100% sure about that, but probably uh, TQM. All of those initiatives are the children and, and PDCA is the father, right? Um, so essentially what Improver said is, hey, you know, there's a lot of companies out there trying lean TPM and struggling with it. And, you know, you hear all these astronomical numbers about the failure rates of those initiatives. Why not just get to the basics of, of PDCA? Why not get to the basics of create a plan, uh, execute the plan, check the results, then decide if you need to keep going on that cycle until you get the result you're looking for? Uh, if you do that at a systematic level, at an enterprise level, you'll end up with something that's that's sort of like lean and TPM, but tailor fit to your company and your situation. A lot of companies are, um, you know, trying to do TPM and TPM is incredible. It's great. The problem with it is that it takes no, it has no regard for what's happening in the world outside of the company. Right. It takes no it has no regard for what's happening in the market. And you can have the most beautiful execution of TPM on one hand and on the other hand, be going out of business. Right? So uh, <laughs> because nobody wants to buy the product that you're making so perfectly. Right. You have perfect processes and a perfect product that nobody is interested in. So uh, you're filling up a warehouse somewhere with beautifully uh, executed TPM. Um and, and, and on the other hand, um, you're not selling anything because nobody wants the product. So uh, if you get back to PDCA, you know, it, it enables you to really tie it truly to what the customer is, what the customer demands. You get to tie your tie your continuous improvement effort truly to what the to customer demand. For example, uh, WTI was looking to grow by 3x in five years. Right. So in order to do that, they got to find more customers, more people interested in the product first. And then that cascades down into, okay, we need to make more product that's in demand and, you know, everything else, the finance, HR, everything else. Now, Improver, the way it works is strategy cascades downward. So if your strategy is and and it forces you to focus on almost a singular thing because you can't do 10 strategies at once. Right. If you pull out your strategy and it's 100 pages thick, that is not a strategy. A strategy is not do everything <laughs> great, right? <laughs> a strategy is we're going to nail the hell out of this one thing, right? And for uh, WTI, we decided that thing was to grow 3x in five years. Now, in order to achieve that, they had to increase their production capacity by 3x as well. So that was uh, a lot of the focus of the pilot we did was to focus on that. But the first question we, we asked, we went in and say, what, what, is, what are you trying to achieve as a business and then let's use this tool to, to help you do that. So an improver cat, strategy cascades down, top level person, president, CEO, you know, VP, you know, wherever it starts, says this is what we're trying to accomplish as a business. Gets everybody in the company aligned behind that, has a di- digital catch ball process. 
So all that's in there. Very simple. All you're doing is filling out, hey, there's the vision statement where we want to be long term. Here's our next target condition, something we want to try to accomplish in the next quarter or two quarters uh, by when. And then the here's our current condition. Here's where we're at right now. Every single employee in the company goes in and fills out those four boxes. Very simple. In alignment with their leaders or their manager's plan. Um, and then this essentially sets each person on their continuous improvement path. Right. This is what I need to do to help the company. Uh, and then from there, you know, you establish your metrics. Here's obviously, you know, setting a target condition also sets a target for your metrics. So you're, you're actually measuring business results. You're measuring yourself, you know, where you are versus where you're trying to get. Um, and then you can you essentially set up those metrics. Uh, it defaults for OEE and downtime, but you can add any metric you want. Lead time, quality, safety, uh, delivery on time in full, fair pass, good, whatever it is that makes sense for you. Uh, even in your business, uh, if you want those stakes, you know, you can think about what, <laughs> what metric uh, <laughs> is most important for your business to to deliver to. And then, you you know, you set those metrics up in the system. Then it says, all right, let's go through the problem solving process to figure out what's causing the gap between current and target condition and then put together an action plan to. You know what? These are the things you feel you could do to close the gap and you build that in improver as well. Right. Uh, mind you, your metrics are visible by other people in the company. Your strategy is visible. Your action plan is also visible. So anybody at any time can go in and see what, exactly what you're working on to try to close the gap in your area. Uh, really sets up a nice coaching dynamic. So if you have a coach, an external or in, internal coach, um, you know, they can on a regular basis meet with you weekly, perhaps, and say, hey, where are you at against your target? What actions are you done? You know, are you are you going to do what actions have you done? You know, what effect that they have, you know, kind of teaches the teaches you more about your process, right? And all of us, all of us designed to help you go through the process of engineering a, a more effective manufacturing system to, uh, to deliver against what your customer values the most, right? Um, and it's ongoing because obviously customer interests and needs change over time. So you're going to always be uh, engineering your system to be more perfect, right? Because it's going to, it's inevitably going to get out of alignment with the market. I love it. I love that. You know, the more you kept talking, the more I, I've just was thinking about like what where my head's been at lately, which is on the personal development side, and oh yeah, you know, it's the same. It's the same thing, right? Absolutely right. And this is what's crazy, right? If you think about the the industry of continuous improvement. I know, I know you work with uh, reliability more so, but I think it's, you know, I think reliability and continuous improvement are probably uh, twins in, in, a, in a way. I think they're very closely yep. related. The moment they started writing books, right, and some of those books became extremely popular. The Machine That Changed the World, um, the, you know, Learning the Seas, a lot of the, the lean books, you know, some folks went over and started observing Toyota to find out what Toyota was doing. They put these learnings, lessons, practices, methods into books, and they start marketing the heck out of and selling the heck out of these books, right? It seems like at that moment, the industry of continuous improvement was created, but it was also, it also ceased to improve, <laughs> right? The, the whole concept, the whole industry of continuous improvement is uh, it, it ceased to improve in itself, right? Everybody said now it's not a matter of finding better processes or tools or concepts is a matter of becoming compliant to what it says in this book. <laughs> and yeah, there's some improvement value in becoming compliant, but it, you know, once you are compliant, you're, you're stagnant, right? There's no next level there. The, the, the concept of improving is no longer valid. Uh, true <laughs> continuous improvement is seeking to improve on the, the, the CI industry that now exists. And uh, there's probably a trillion dollars being spent on this industry a year uh, globally, probably more than that, really. Right. Uh, go to LinkedIn, go to LinkedIn and type in the, the job title, continuous improvement. You'll see millions of search results. It's ridiculous. I haven't done that yet, but I should. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's great. And, and that's just, you know, a lot of people, a lot of CI people don't even go by continuous improvement. There's also 
operations excellence, there's lean, there's, you know, TPM, AM, there's a bunch of stuff out there. All of those people are part of the continuous improvement industry, right? Um, so what Improver has done, um, and in fact, I'm one of the people who, who have continuous improvement in my job title, but I call myself a continuous improvement entrepreneur because I'm looking to actually grow the bubble of what is fair game in the world of continuous improvement, right? So um, there's sort of a, a culture, I don't want to call it a culture, but uh, an aversion to technology, software technology when it comes to continuous improvement. Everybody's like, oh, you have to use whiteboards and sticky notes and uh, spreadsheets and print forms to do continuous improvement. <laughs> <laughs> so what Improver is doing is, is breaking that preconception, that false preconception and say, wait a minute, listen, the world, entire world has made a beeline toward technology and even specifically software technology. Right. Uh, why hasn't the continuous improvement industry leveraged this powerful resource, this powerful source of uh, um, intelligence to 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 help companies improve at a faster pace. So, yeah, improvers sort of breaking down that wall to, to open up that channel as a as a say, hey, this is also. In fact, I, I believe the companies that are jumping on things like this and, uh, you know, improver does have a couple of competitors out there, the companies that are jumping on things like this are going to see um, accelerated results, business results at a much faster pace than competitors. And, and that's by the time they figure out they should have did it too. Um, hopefully it's not too late for them. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I mean, a big theme on the show, at least in the last month or so has been this technology and how companies just, they're reticent to jump onto new technology. And I, and I understand it in portion, right? Like I understand this, this thought that you, you may be jumping in too early or, or there's going to be bugs. Or if you look at the stats on like IOT implementations that like 80% of them fail. Yeah. Right. But it's also, it's also on the opposite side of that. It's kind of ridiculous. Like we, like my girlfriend and I, we went to to the store to to buy her her nieces and nephews school supplies, and we bought a protractor and we bought a paper dictionary. <laughs> right, and right. I was I was like furious in the store yeah. because it's like, what year are we living in? Like the kid has an iPhone. Right. He, if he wants to translate something from French to English, he can go to Google Translate or I'm sure Apple has a similar function. Yeah, absolutely. It's, and like a protractor, like I've never used a protractor in my life except when I was in elementary school. That's the thing, right? I, yeah, I think about all the suffering I went through in school <laughs> to get those grades. And then I get out in the real world and I use barely more than add, subtract, multiply, and divide. Barely ever. And I have yeah. a sell for that. So, it's, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, I agree. I'm, I'm, with the, I'm with you too. I got kids in elementary school and, you know, I help them with their homework from time to time. It's like, it's good to understand the principles of math behind mathematics and uh, some of the things they're learning. But yeah, the, 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 the amount of time they spend sitting there to learn those few things is, is astronomical when the world is again, um, very few people coming out of college know how to use a spreadsheet anymore. Right. Everybody's using software now. Yeah. And it, it's, it's got to evolve. Like I, I think that it's been, I mean, it's like our industry. Like I, I talked to one guy about it and he said it was, he thought it, there may be some conspiratorial way <laughs> that people are trying to hold other people down. But I don't, I don't think it's that. I think, cause I mean, look at our industries, like in mining, like people are using Excel and paper work orders. And uh, yeah. like I even saw an MS DOS work order and there's oh. no, like they're a profit driven company. And it's not like, this conspiracy that like you're coal mining and you shouldn't have good CMMS. It's just like people don't like change. And the fact is, is that change, if you're not changing, you're dying. Right. Right. Yeah. It's, 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 it is crazy. You know, I, I don't, 
there's a part of me that feels like there should be younger people at executive level positions. And you don't see that often, especially for established companies. You don't see younger people who can speak for the future in those key decision-making positions. Um, a lot of those roles are filled by people who are at the, at the tail end of their careers. And, you know, the, and, and a lot of them are in cruise control. Right. It's like uh, uh, not interested in trying out new technology, not interested in figuring out, you know, how to advance the workforce and stick their neck out to try new things with with the risk of failure and those kind of things. Make investments in areas that are higher risk, but could produce higher reward. You know, a lot of folks that are in those decision making positions just just aren't interested to in in taking on that level of risk. Um, I really feel like a lot of bigger companies could benefit from either taking on more entrepreneurial people in executive level positions or younger people and, you know, people who can afford to take risks, fail and uh, recover from it later in life, you know, um, to to really advance and put the I think the reason why you've getting you there's a historical number of 20 year olds becoming millionaires right now. Right. What that tells me is that these 20 year olds have the capacity to serve in executive levels. So it's not a matter of them not having the capacity. What it is, is that the 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 general corporate world, especially in America and probably the West in general, um, you've got this sort of chain of command or or or, you know, if you want to. If you want to be a leader in the company, an executive level leader, you got to get in line and it's going to take you 30 or 40 years. On top of that, you've got a slug of people in line in front of you because the workforce is tens older right now. So uh, if you're a really brilliant person, really smart person, and you got that kind of potential, you're not going to just go stand in line. You're going to go start a company and you're going to um, you're going to create the life you want. So it's setting a dynamic where, you know, only only certain kind of people are uh, landing in, in, in the, on their corporate track and staying there. And, and you know, um, if you got a good idea and you're willing to take a risk, uh, it's getting cheaper and easier to develop businesses, to develop products, develop software, to develop technology. Uh, you know, <laughs> perhaps you need to work for someone else during the daytime, but. You know, if you got it, you should be working on your own thing at night and, and bringing it to the world because that's 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 your you can become an executive in a year or two instead of 20 or 30 years. Yeah, I, I agree. And, and it's something that, you know, it, there's just so much opportunity. I mean, it's like like 10 years ago. There's no chance we would have had this conversation, right? <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> And, and now, you know, not only are we having this conversation, but it's going to go out and a few hundred people are going to hear this conversation. Right. That's absolutely right. You know, and, and it's it's that it's that drive to kind of do more. It's that you get breaking outside of those like those corporate rules, like, oh, the policy says that you should do this. Right. right. Uh, you, you know, why is the policy that way? Well, we've always done it that way. Exactly. Right. Like like these kinds of, of statements, it's, you know, it, it's a little dated, especially now with our technology. But I think it's they're they're geared towards your average person. And, and if you're a little bit if you want to strive to do more, you have to break outside those rules. Yeah, absolutely. That's the thing. Right. It's. And they say that about entrepreneurs too. Is uh, you're the best entrepreneurs are usually the worst employees, <laughs> <laughs> because entrepreneurs naturally want to push the boundary a little bit. They want to challenge the those policies that exist, you know, and prove that those policies are holding the company back in a lot of ways. Uh, is this? It's just that when you're a boss managing someone like that, <laughs> um, you know, you you end up catching some heat because of their behavior and, and, and then you got to deal with them. And, um, but, you know, I think a good boss and good, good company would look at that and say, you know what, there's a chance they're right. Uh, and if a company's mature enough to do that and, 
take those ideas and, and turn them into successful uh, initiatives, then that's the making, you know, that's, that's a, that's a great company, right? And that company is going to continue to grow and get greater. Yeah. And there, there's a place for that, right? Like I think it's Google X, they have this thing where they have like, I think it's like you either spend 1% of their time or they have 1% of the workforce. Anyways, they're working on these, they call them like moon goals. And, And it's really about just not not looking at your business and trying to improve it by a little bit. It's about taking those home runs, like swing for the fences. And I think that there's there's applications to do that in your own life, right? Like if you're if you're just going at work every day and you're trying to trying to do ten percent more, yeah, there you know you're gonna get raises and you're gonna get promotions and that that's fine. But you have to think about, especially if you're young, like if you're 22 and you just graduated college, you're going into the workforce, like think about those home run swings that you can take. Because if if it comes, even if it's a 1% chance of coming through, you're going to be way further ahead. And then also you're going to learn a bunch of stuff. And and the way the way I kind of put it into context is like let's say we had a one percent chance to win a hundred billion dollars. So if you think about that in terms of just expected value, your expected value is one billion. But a lot of people they would rather have a hundred percent chance of having a million dollars than one percent chance at hitting a hundred billion. Yeah, I think for a lot of people they take a hundred percent chance at a hundred dollars. you know what i totally agree with that and i've lived my life by that rule too right i'm i'm almost 40 and i'm still doing it (laughs) so with with three kids and a wife and i'm still doing i told my wife when i met her i said listen i'm not going to be the one to to, um be a normal person just to go work a corporate job and make a paycheck um (laughs) death sounds more interesting than that for me (laughs) (laughs) So if, if you if you're serious about being my wife, this is this is what you're getting into. I want to make sure we're clear. Uh, every once in a while, I have to bring that conversation back up. Like, I see, I told you this is what we were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I hope I didn't mislead you in any way. And she says, no, you didn't. But man, it's a it's a uh, it's quite a process. Um, but I don't know. I mean, even even now, I, I can't say that I've hit a home run out of the park. I, I think I have. Uh, but hey, you know, um, a couple of strokes of bad luck, and I could be an employee before you know it. But you better believe that it, <laughs> I got a I got an ace in my back pocket that I'm ready to play at any moment. <laughs> <laughs> any company would be lucky to have you either oh, man, as a you. as a consultant or internal employee. That's for sure. Oh man, I appreciate it. Yeah, you know, so, I, I would have to find a really really good home where I have the freedom to 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 innovate right that's that's a key part of who i am and my identity so and and i think you know improvers trying to do that to companies like for wti it really opened up the door for every user to innovate um i think you know i I say innovation is part of my identity i think it's part of improvers identity i think improver is a reflection of my identity in the sense of you know i'm an innovator i'm an you know, entrepreneurial person. I'm a somebody who gets bored with the status quo. And um, I guess that reflection of me is present in Improver because it's it's basically inviting everyone in the company to be just a little bit more uh, innovative and entrepreneurial and owning their destiny, owning their their life inside the four walls and, you know, making things better you know, hopefully in the direction of what the customer is demanding. But the intent, yeah, is to, to you know, make your world um, a, a better reflection of you and, and have you solving the problems around you instead of expecting someone else to swoop in and be the hero. Yeah, and I, I think that, you know, there's a few things there, but that's going to significantly boost engagement yeah. And oh, that yeah. right there is going to, you know, it's going to lead to productivity right there. So plus happiness, which is good for everybody. Oh, yeah, absolutely. That's the intent. 
And without that engagement, without that level of ownership, I think it, you you struggle to sustain any improvement initiative. And you know, see a lot of CI initiatives that don't succeed or don't sustain. And I think that's at the heart of it. Is um, what companies are doing is they're they're hiring CI people to sit in there and uh, come up with the answers when really it should be owned by the chain of command. There's something else Improver does is it says continuous improvement should be owned by the natural chain of command. Um, you can hire a consultant, sure. Maybe they can give you a long laundry list of to-dos. You can hire a CI person and you know perhaps they can give you some to-dos also uh, or they can do it themselves you know, to some extent or they can be a coach and they can help transfer that mindset into the organization. Um, Improver really helps facilitate that process of developing each and every person in the natural chain of command for operations or any other function to own their own continuous improvement journey with the destination being where the company needs to be uh, to end up in the future. That's why Improver has the you, as you mentioned in the, the intro, it has that you because improvement, continuous improvement starts with you, right? It starts with what you can do today tomorrow or the next day what two or three things can you do to help the company move toward its uh its, its ultimate destination um a lot of time continuous improvement ends up being things are broken because those people over there are doing something wrong <laughs> they need to do things differently they're not doing their job and therefore we're all suffering improver sort of takes that off the table to say what can you do today what can you do, right? What should you be doing? I love it. I love the accountability. Yeah. Now, Calvin, you posted that you're looking for a second pilot project. Oh, yeah. Good. Can, can you tell us a little bit about that? And, and if any of our listeners are listening, like how do they apply for it? How do they know they'd be a good fit? Can you give us an intro to that? Okay. I'm glad you asked, actually. So, for a startup company like ours, piloting, you know, a startup company, you know, if you look at me as a CEO, a startup CEO is not so much of a salesperson. They are a research and development person more so. You're an everything person. <laughs> uh, you, you do the whole thing, right? You're everything. But a startup is a is a research and development engagement more so than a than a sales engagement, right? So, um, you know, in sales you're you're almost just taking anybody with enough cash willing to buy <laughs> right um but in a startup you need the right people to engage with and um what we found is that in order to to, to really get a home run this is a perfect fit product to market fit situation uh it, it really starts with the leader it's, it's less about the company Second priority is the company. First priority is the leader. You got to be a driver. You got to be a continuous improvement minded driver. Um, and you got to be in a leadership position, position of authority to start. You got to be the seed, really. Right. Um, so, yeah, if you're a believer in lean, if you're a believer in continuous improvement, if you're a believer in Toyota Kata, especially Toyota Kata, and you're you're in a position of authority or a leader, manufacturing leader. If you are a driver, you know, somebody who is not afraid to grab the bull by the horns and and, and own it, right? Uh, believe that continuous improvement starts with you, right? Um, if you're a, you know, kind of a change agent kind of person looking to, to make a transformation of the organization, if you're that type of persona, and, and we like to think that all executives are kind of like that, but they're not. They're really not. Some of them are sustainers. Right. This is not for sustainers. This is for uh, transformational leaders. This pilot anyway, maybe, you know, down the line where we start to go commercial and open it up to the open market, you know, sustainers and everybody else. Yeah. But right now for the pilot, we're looking for a, a transformational leader. This is like your this is like your Excalibur. If you are a that kind of leader, this is your tool. Improver is. So, uh, yeah, small to mid-sized manufacturing. Uh, preferably fast moving, like if you're doing uh, several parts per hour, um, you know, more than more than 20 parts an hour or something like that on uh, on established production lines. 
this is this is this will be a sweet a sweet tool for you for, from a pricing standpoint. We're not necessarily looking to make a bunch of money. Um, cover our costs at best, really, to deliver to deliver the pilot. And uh, the the results the results given those conditions, I think we can produce some really outstanding results. Like I said, the the last pilot produced ninety seven percent improvement in productivity, pretty much doubled their output, and and their people did it. It wasn't the leaders who did it; the people did it. The system just helped develop the people quickly to 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 do it and engage them in solving the problems in order to do it. Um, so yeah, I mean, we, we typically say, hey, you know, our promise is twenty percent increase, but you know, really the sky's the limit if if we got the right the right conditions. Yeah, so I mean, a twenty percent increase, it's it's pretty good for me. And if you can hit forty, I mean, free stakes. So <laughs> that's right, that's right, that's right. I would show up with my spatula, tongs, apron, uh, the whole thing, and I will I will grill those steaks myself. <laughs> I I hope it's a pink frilly apron. <laughs> hey, if that's what it takes, you know, I'm happy that you know I don't mind. I'm secure in my masculinity. I'll show up with the pink frill, slippers and everything. You know, hair neck, the whole thing. <laughs> so Calvin, you know, I appreciate you coming on again. I had a I had another fun time. Do you have anything else to plug? Like obviously improver.com, I M P R U V E R dot com. They should also follow you on LinkedIn. That's Calvin L. Williams. He's He'll be either in the podcast notes or tagged in the post. Are you going to be at any conferences or speaking anywhere else? You know, I'm, I'm considering going to Chicago for the AME conference in November. Um, I think I think they, they're looking for a speaker right now. I may end up speaking. Maybe, maybe not. We'll see. I got a great story to tell. Um, I think WTI is a, a really Great example of uh, real transformational uh, engagement. Shout out to Damon Nix of Georgia MEP, Manufacturing Extension Partnership. Shout out to uh, Troy Magruder, who is the Director of Manufacturing at WTI. Um, and also Mike Brodziak, the President at WTI. All you guys have been uh, instrumental in making this whole thing work. And the whole team there at, at the plant, they've just been extremely welcome and, and giving me free reign to to come in and see what we can do there. Um, I hope the next team is just as open and free reign and really want to make something great things happen. Um, yeah, that's, that's really all I got on the calendar looking for some more stuff coming up, but yeah, if, uh, given the opportunity, I'll, I'll certainly, certainly keep you in the loop. Absolutely. I would love to hear whatever you're doing. And yeah, if, if you're listening now and, and, you know, Calvin's description of the improver, Plus, you know, you're maybe you're, if you're a leader and you're a disruptor, you're you're clearly probably listening to this show. So, if if that sounds like you, just shoot a message over to Calvin, and maybe you can make that fit. That would be really cool. Yeah. And then you can come on the podcast and talk about it. Yeah, man. Yeah, Improver is the only uh, in the end continuous improvement software solution, right? It's in the end. It's uh, uh, does planning, doing, checking, and acting. It, it also helps, you know, engage the workforce at a level you've you've never seen before. You, software has an ability to do that, that whiteboards and spreadsheets just don't have. So uh, pretty incredible. Um, something else we're, we're working out is a single single user model where if you're a continuous improvement professional, every continuous improvement professional on the planet should have an approver account. OK, let me start with that. If you have CI, OPEX, Lean, TPN, whatever in your job title, you should have an improver account right now, right now. Uh, we've got all the videos and everything out there for training to get you up and running on the software um, and getting value from it. And you could be seeing value in as little as one day, right? Nobody else on the market, nothing else out there can, can give you that, that amount of value in such a short period of time um, in an incredibly low cost, right? Uh, for a single user, we're pricing it right now at forty nine bucks a month. So uh, you you can find enough change underneath your car seat to pay for that. And, I uh, wish I had that much change in my car seat. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, some some of you guys live in a area that that has some pretty uh, aggressive toll booths, so I forgive you in that case. But for the rest <laughs> of you, <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So. It's out there, certainly looking for more users to come on and give us feedback because we want this to be the premier tool for all CI professionals. 
And, and, and of course, because of the way it works with the cascade strategy and ascending metrics and driving Kata in the entire organization, uh, this a single user account could easily turn into an enterprise account. Yeah, that sounds good. And, and I mean, you know, like reliability people, we talked a little bit about it at the beginning of the show, but reliability CI, they're, they're closely related. And even either a podcast that, that uh, I just recorded, but it'll be up either before this one or after, you know, we talked a little bit about using continuous improvement and reliability together again. So right. it's a theme that's come up a lot. And I think that like for me, to be honest, like I'm a value guy. I don't really care how you get the value, just get the value. Right. Absolutely. So whatever tool that is, whether it's Kazen, whether it's RCM, whether it's whatever, get that value for your company and yeah. then talk about it. Good. So excellent. Yeah. I'm get like, your improver you. account today. <laughs> yeah. Do it. Do it. Um, I'm right there with you. And heck man, if uh if you can create the next best thing to lean then bring it bring it you know bring it on bring it on for the rest of us i think it's it's time lean is what 70 80 years old now (laughs) (laughs) i I think it's time right i think it's time too (laughs) yeah yeah so all right rob yeah man as always it's a pleasure i can't wait till we do this again absolutely and i i appreciate you coming on again I, i had a fun time as always, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we we still need to get the little three uh, three way conversation going. We'll definitely do that coming up. I think that well, I have a few ideas for it, but yeah, we'll definitely we'll definitely put something in the calendar. And 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 how's this? Here's an offer for everyone listening. If you are part of Calvin's second pilot project, uh oh, and you get. The free stakes, 40% improvement or better. <laughs> you, Calvin, me, Trio Podcast. Uh-oh. Whenever, whenever that project's done. Hey, I like it. Let's do it. Throw that in there. There's an offer for you. Way to sweeten the deal. Sweet. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Awesome, man. Awesome. Yeah, no, I appreciate you coming on. Everyone who's still listening, I appreciate you guys listening. And I hope you enjoyed this one. We talked a little bit about a few different things, but it's always fun. So thanks for listening, and we'll see you guys next week.